The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right. What is it, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? I'm just reveling. In the second Big Twelve road win of the year, yeah, it's something, man. Texas Tech with a with a dominant defensive performance on the road. How are you, man? How how are you viewing the sixteen thirteen <laughs> defeat of the Kansas Jayhawks today on eleven eleven? Mixed emotions. Okay, when we can talk this through, you won. We won. You won two in a row. We've got we've got a little streak going here, Spencer. This is uh this is what what you did last year. You won in uh, late season. You you ended the end of the season with four four game win streak. Kind of on pace to do it again. Yeah, and right on cue in the to YouTube you chat. <laughs> Chris is already asking, "Are we a road team now?" Hey, no defense <laughs> travels, baby. Maybe we're a road team now. Okay, let's let me do the math real quick. Because what was it? What is what was tech? Averaging coming into this game like twenty six points per game, uh, offense or defense? Defense giving up just under twenty six, like twenty five point nine. So twenty five point nine times nine games, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so plus thirteen. That dropped to twenty four point six today, fellas. It's pretty good. So you want to start with defense or? Uh- Where you want to start? Oh, uh, wherever you want to, man. Um, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to start because you, you you did win. You had a road win against a ranked opponent, and we've talked about how good Kansas was going to be this year. How, at least how much better they they were playing, how much they were. Um, it may have had to come down to being without Jason Bean. Um, although early returns from when, when he was playing, like was not looking super hot for the Jayhawks. Uh, I mean, they went three and out two drives in a row where they picked up just one yard a piece. Um, and then I don't think it was dirty. I'm sure a lot of Kansas fans would say that that Texas Tech was the defense was probably a little dirty day, the little extra hits late or whatever, because you had that, that targeting call that got called back, which I really don't think was targeting. I don't even think it was defensive pass interference, but I could see they call that because of the the, the arm hold. Fine, whatever. Um, but they had several guys go down with it with an injury. Um, may not have, like, it almost didn't matter who's playing quarterback because the way that... uh. Ballard was playing. 
Um, and on the stat sheet, nine for 20 for 124 yards and interception is not great. But like, it certainly felt like at moments he was, he was going to lead them to a victory, right? Like it wasn't going to come down because like he was playing poorly. Um, the people are saying I have mic issues. Are you able to hear me, Michael? Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's like we're, we're repeating twice. I, that was happening that whole time. So hopefully how you're recording it is differently. But I was hoping that no one else was hearing that. And it was just something weird on my end. Thanks though, Chris. We'll try to reboot and get going on that. But, you know, with Ballard coming in, it did kind of feel that same, you know, what we hoped would happen when strong came in, right. Was for kind of a Herculean effort on the QB three to put that on their shoulder, but know that it's a lot, but also think, Hey, this is, this will be a a shining moment thing. And it did feel a lot of times that Ballard was going to be capable of, of pulling that off. He did have some good plays up his sleeve. That's for sure. But he, he made some pretty big mistakes along the way as well and got sacked. Uh, Texas Tech recorded three sacks. It felt like a lot more than that. But I'm I'm unsure if it was before or after he came in. I, I, didn't, I haven't gone through all that. I know that Tech had six tackles for a loss. So to see Ballard come in and look like he might not quite pull an Avery Johnson on us, but do something a little bit Herculean was deflating to say the least, but tech managed to hold him. And you know, this defense was able to keep this rushing attack down. Uh, You know, Devin Neal had 7.2 yards per carry, but a lot of that was because of that, that 60 yarder that I would say is maybe the only really bad defensive play of the game. I think that that 99 yard drive that didn't quite come up with any points for Kansas was excellent, but also should have ended like three or four times. I think some of those penalties you mentioned earlier, that pass interference, I don't really think that was anything worth calling. The targeting was just stupid. I I didn't, it wasn't even close to targeting. I don't know what, anyone saw to think that that was even remotely close to targeting to waste everybody's time to stop and look at that. But it didn't matter because the pass interference had already been called. I I feel like the drive could have stopped three or four different times and tech would either shoot themselves in the foot or give up, you know, just another third down that they shouldn't have. And then they came up and, and stopped them on the fourth down. But yeah, I, I I did kind of see the tide turning that way too, Spencer with Cole Ballard leading the charge and luckily it didn't turn out that way. All right. Are you able, able to hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. All right. I'm, and, and you, and you sound good. You look good too, man. You look great. <laughs> I don't know what it is. This, this it's, it, it's not even the computer now because I'm using the, the souped up laptop from work. Uh, it's gotta be this stupid board. Um, so, I think I heard most of that. Um, yeah, if, if you take out that 60-yard run from Neil, which I, I get you can't cherry-pick it, he was still rushing for 4.3 yards per carry. So, like, that doesn't even... Like, it brings down to more... 
he was having a decent day, good yeah. to decent day. Uh, but if you look at it and see it, he ran for 7.2, kind of stings, but you know, half of his yards on the day came from one run. Um, both teams scored one touchdown. Um, Tech Tech did score a second one on their second drive, but it called back uh, by a hold, which was the right call. I, like, I, don't, I don't have an issue with that call. It was just like, it was just killer for, for Tech in the moment, especially since that pushed you back and you ended up not converting that drive into touchdown. It was a, a field goal. Um, so, I mean, they were... I guess my, my, my frustrations with the game is like, and it's, it, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, right? Like you came out, you performed well in the first quarter defensively too. Um, you, you did well offensively those first two drives where you scored those 10 points. You felt like you, you left some points on the table. It should have been 14. Um, but when you're pitching a shutout, you're like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that later. And it's early enough in the game. Like it shouldn't have that big of an impact on the, 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 overall outcome of the game. Um, you had that long field goal attempt um, into the wind that, that you know, Garcia missed left. And I think that's his first miss in Big 12 play. And I, no, it's like a second miss in Big 12 play. I think he hadn't missed one since like uh, West Virginia or something. West Virginia sounds right. Yeah, that was a 48-yarder that, yeah. that he missed. And and today's was like equally long, right? It was it was a pretty well, long I, attempt. Yeah, that's that's my bad. That's what I meant. Today's was a forty-eight yarder. Okay. I'm not sh- I'm not sure what he missed before. Um, it, there was just like I said, there the 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 gripes and complaints we've had all season came up again today. Um, the offense frustrating at, at points where. Uh, you were throwing wide receiver screens to the sideline and getting no no blocks. Um, you were running tempo when you didn't have to be. You would ran, you would run tempo to only be held up by the by the the officials at the line. Um, yes, I, I I he's been so good all year. Like I I hate to like like badmouth Brooks, but like there were times when it felt like his his vision just wasn't there today. And, and I don't, obviously I didn't see what he was saying. I, I, our view was from the sideline, but there were several times where like you went straight when you could have gone outside or you went outside when there was a hole inside. Um, and I guess credit to Kansas defense for, for, for making those reads tough and, and difficult for a guy like Brooks. Um, it also felt like they, they settled in quite a bit in the, the first two drives. It felt like Brooks could just do whatever the heck he wanted. Um, he was powering, you know, through the line and carrying guys. And then the Jayhawks defense uh, felt like they settled in a little bit, uh, weren't allowing him to break as many tackles. They were getting guys around him much faster, um, which greatly reduced his yards per carry, uh, especially in the second half. We, uh, I was looking at this before we started. Um, in the first half, Texas Tech was averaging four four point six yards per carry. In the second half, it was one point two. Um, mm. and that was greatly affected by the fourth quarter. You ran seven times for, uh, let's see, minus one yard. Granted, you've got a, you've got a, at least one sack in there. 
Um, but you were negative in the rushing average in the fourth quarter. Um, there, there was that drive when you had four and a half, 445 left to go. You're like, we just need a, to run clock here. Um, and you, you only, you're only able to get off two minutes of clock. Like I, I'm just kind of pointing all the little like sticking points that were just frustrating throughout the game where like, if you hadn't watched the game, if, if you saw the result, um, if you saw that Texas tech won on the road versus a ranked opponent and got a conference win in a game where you needed to win, you would think, Hey, this is great. And it is, it really is. Um, I guess I'm just frustrated with, with like my expectations being different <laughs> and still trying to, to adjust those to what we've seen on the field. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm so having issues with that, right? Like coming into the game, uh, I thought you were going to have issues with Kansas's offense, their, their, their rushing attack. Uh, and at times you did. Um, but there were also great stretches of the game where it felt like you were, you were in control of that. Uh, I wasn't worried about their passing game, uh, especially when Bean went out, but then that ended up being an issue. I was confident in Texas Tech's rushing offense, and that was an issue. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm also concerned with Baron Morton's health because it it's, seems pretty obvious. Like he's still playing banged up and hurt. Um, he just didn't look very crisp or accurate today. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I guess the, the history of, of, of beating Kansas continues, but it felt like this game shouldn't have been that close with the way it started. Um, but again, like that's just my expectations changing when they shouldn't and not changing when they should. So, well, and you know, my negative self had predicted losses this weekend last week. So I, I kind of came in with a different perspective into this game thinking, man, I, I'm just not really sure how well tech's going to be ready for this game. It's a, you know, it's an, the first 11 a.m. game of the year and it's out of town, but I will give the coaching staff a lot of credit because these guys came out hitting hard. And like you, you kind of alluded to earlier, I know there were some folks talking about dirty play. I didn't see anything dirty. I just saw guys playing and hitting hard until the whistle blew. And that's not something we've seen a ton on the road, much less at an 11 a.m. game in Lawrence. That's really not been the status quo the last decade plus, even when Leach was here, when except for maybe when Kansas was good. Uh, I think they talked about that on the broadcast today. I think it was 08 tech just really beat the heck out of them at home, but who knows what time the game was. What I'm all I'm saying is we've seen a lot of lackluster starts, especially on the road, especially at this kickoff time, not the issue today. You, you know, tech had a touchdown taken away. Mm -hmm. They really should have been up 14 zero and the defense, like you said, just forced a couple of three and outs, I think to open the game. Um, unfortunately, with Bean going down, Kansas fans can look at, well, we had to play a QB3, and that's where I play the world's tiniest violin for them. It happens. Too bad. I mean, I really, 
I legitimately feel bad that Bean's hurt. I feel bad for his family. I feel bad for his friends and teammates. But I don't at all feel an ounce of sympathy for Kansas fans because this has been Tech's reality for several yes. years now. And you will get no sympathy from me on that. This is a Big 12 win on the road. We will take it. Uh, we've been dealt similar hands as fans. And um, I think we're playing with a banged up QB2 right now, as Spencer alluded to. So I don't, it is, there's a lot to kind of, you feel like you left a lot on the table. You feel like there was a lot of, uh, you know, some drives that didn't really go your way. But then again, the defense coming up and I just keep bringing them up because that was clearly the highlight of the day was their ability to, to slow down this rushing attack that I was generally, genuinely worried about and you could kind of see that coming to to play in late third quarter fourth quarter when they you know when neil finally broke through and and had that big run um you just kind of could see it turning that way guys getting tired guys breathing hard because they've been out on the field for a long time and that was what i was worried about but the coaching staff had them ready to play today and I think that was the difference maker. If Tech had come out kind of lackluster on defense or offense, they would have lost today. They they would not have been able to sustain that throughout the rest of the day. The fact that they kind of hit first and they hit hardest and, you know, set the tone. I've been watching a lot of Shorzy lately. Someone's got to set the tone. Anyway, so that's that was a lot of what Tech did today. They set the tone and squeaked by maintained it who knows if they'd have maintained it with Bean or not but we don't we don't get to we don't get to find out yeah um a couple of points i, I want, want to touch on we, we talked about baron morton's health uh 19 of 25 for 176 so 76 percent completion percentage which is pretty dang good uh he didn't have really any explosive uh plays in the past game until the very end but I started off saying I, I didn't even see that drive. I was trying to take care of kids, um, you know, and the game day uh, discord thread, I was told to go fly a kite. So I was flying a kite. <laughs> I was out for that last drive and it seemed to work. I should have, should have taken that break a little bit sooner. Um, Cause I came back and we were kicking the field goal to, to go up. Um, I know we had some questions about uh, McGuire's time management when he took that timeout on defense. Like, what are you doing, man? Like we're going to overtime here. Um, but it certainly played off, uh, paid off there. Um, I, I would, I would, it doesn't really, it didn't, it didn't end up making any, any difference, but like, I, I had a question like, well, if the clock was running, um, which I don't remember if it is now. So, so it, it may not even be worth even bringing up that I was just f- frustrated with this, but if this clock was running and we took a timeout there before we, we could kick the field goal. Why do we leave seven seconds? Not just one. Um. So um, or two isn't two like the customary? I don't. I, I a guess. lot of times. Um. But on going back to to passing re- receiving, uh, Miles Price caught the most passes at five, but he only had twenty nine yards. Uh, he was targeted six times, so he caught five of six. Bradley was four for four. Um, and it felt like every one of those catches were were, were big, right? Like he had that big one to convert. Uh, and then he had uh, at least two of those in that last drive. 
Yes. Uh, but he had 91 yards on the day, uh, long of 33. He was targeted only four times, so four or four for him. Koi Eakin, three catches for 29 yards. Eakin, it feels like, is like the the security blanket target for, for Morton. Um, I'm... I, I don't know. I don't know coaches' responsibility in, in what they're supposed to be teaching and coaching. But it definitely feels like there's been a regression in our wide receivers this year. I don't. I have questions about what Juice Johnson brings as a coach. I know he's been touted as a recruiter. Um, but when we have this epidemic of third and six facing us and our receivers run five-yard routes... That's a coaching issue and something that should have been addressed 10 weeks ago. Like when, when you run a, a yard, when you run a route, a yard short of the sticks in game one, like, all right, cool. So we, we had enough to, to cover on in the off season. Let's fix that now. The fact that it's Average still happening down. is yeah. just infuriating. Like guys, like I know the route tree calls for a nine yard out. But if it's third and 10, take one more step. Like that that should be a coach, a point coached into the receiver's heads. Like, hey, like if it's third and six, run to the sticks, man. Run a six yard route, seven even, if you have to come back. But this like running a route a yard short and then coming up like, well, we didn't get it. Well, no shit. You weren't going to get it if you ran a, a six yard route when you needed seven. I get, which was the average number that was the average distance on third down was seven point four yards. A ton of not. Yeah. yeah, you needed a ton of yards to convert third downs. Um again, I don't know what 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 he's being asked to do if if even like if we're even asking him to to be that much of a coach. Uh but the expectation is if, if that's your title, then that that's what you should be doing. I understand he's valued as a recruiter and for relationships and that kind of stuff. I get that but there are positions within a staff to have that can have those same kind of impacts. Offensive coordinator. I still have giant questions there. I don't even know what to say anymore besides like, it's just mind numbingly stupid. What we have to sit through week in and week out. I thought the first quarter was, was excellent. Just run the ball, run the ball, just keep going until they can't stop it anymore. But I just still have a tinfoil hat theory that something's not quite right, quite right with Morton, but he's still the the best chance Tech has. No, I don't think he's to put, I, hit, to put him out there. I, I don't think he's one hundred percent healthy. Um, there there were some throws there that we've seen him make big time throws, and they just weren't the same like that. The interception that he's thrown to to York. Yeah. Um he threw into triple coverage and underthrew it. Like, yeah. That's that's not something we've seen from Morton before. Like he he it's like like he trusted his arm and his talent to put the ball in front of York. Um who was open if you could get the ball in front of him, but the ball was short where there were three defenders just waiting for it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it's all that tinfoily and I, I don't disagree that he gives you the best chance. I think we've seen what the, the next best guy up 
is. And that's not a position um, that you want to be in. Like you don't want to be relying on Jake Strong to win you football games in 2023. Like he's just not ready yet. Um, I, I think some of the... Again, we don't know, we don't know the play call, so I, I I realize I have to I have to keep saying that as a caveat here. But like, we don't know what the play call was or what the the, the coaching has been. But to continue to run those sideline screens is just infuriating. Like we're not we're not hitting, we're not running, attempting passes up the seams or or across the middle. It's either at the sideline or deep outs. Um. So that I that's part of the frustration for me or why we run tempo so much when it's not even necessary. And Kansas was, was not even allowing us to run tempo. Like right. whenever you, you would run up to the line of scrimmage, they would like, they would sub off as slow as they could. Like they were burning clock. There was an, there was a couple of plays there where I was like, we, we, we got to figure out like a rules change here where the defense can't cause a delay game on the offense because they're substituting so slowly. But they were a couple of plays where the the umpire over the ball didn't allow Morton to snap until like two or three seconds left on the play clock. That can't be yes. allowed because the defense yeah, is I, substituting so slowly. I distinctly remember him being on the ball with five or six seconds left. So by the time he got back behind, just like you said, <laughs> there were two or three seconds left to snap the ball. I, I did want to go to the YouTube comments real quick because we, we've got a man on the scene. Luke was there and he said, uh, you could absolutely feel the momentum shift in the crowd during the second half. Mm-hmm. I really didn't expect us to pull that W out of our butts. And I think even even home, I was at the Burl Huffman soccer complex <laughs> this afternoon, and we left right as Neil ran in that touchdown. And, you know, Kansas finally got on the board. And I thought, boy, this is just the worst time to be leaving this game because it just felt like a huge momentum shift. So, yeah, I can't imagine how it felt in that stadium because it it was buzzing just from what we could hear and what we could see. And it's crazy because, like, if you look at the yards by by quarter, like for Kansas fans to be in that game as late as they were, they had eight total yards in the third quarter. Right. There's no like they they had no business being in the game. When you when you hold a team to eight yards in a quarter, but then the fourth quarter, like. Again, to, to that momentum shift, you gave up uh, 204 yards. Whew. Yep. 127 on the ground, 77 through the year. 204 total yards, 7.3 yards per play in the fourth quarter. Here's a, here's a softball for you so that you're not the first one to mention it. Chris just had to th- throw out in here on the YouTube chat that the officiating was worse than usual. Do you, do you have any comment, Spencer? I, again, if you look at the box score, you're like, what are you talking about? There were four penalties. Um, yeah, there's four on Kansas, four on Tech. But I think what wasn't called, or when, when things were called, you're like, but why wasn't that called earlier or you're calling that now against us, but not against them. It was inconsistent, right? Like you were called for holds that were holds. I, I, I'm not saying what, what was called against you were, were, were inaccurate. 
there were things that Kansas was doing, the exact same things you were called for that they didn't get called for. Um, that defensive pass interference, borderline, but I can understand why that flag was thrown. Targeting, none whatsoever. Great. Luckily, they, they can review and remove that, and they did. Um, but it was stuff like that where like, or the, or the, the, the first, uh, what was it? Offsides, whatever that happened at the end of the first quarter that. Oh yes. Like, no, no. As like, the play clock after the play clock, it hit zero. Yeah. Like the quarter's over. You can't have a pre-snap penalty after time's expired. Cause they didn't snap it off to the time. Like it hit zeros and they had to go back and review it. And, and they, they did in the break, which wasn't really addressed. Cause when they came back, they were, it was just third down again. Yeah. Didn't um, matter. So like it was, then I think they moved tech back three more yards. There was a, there was a penalty in the red zone and then they were about to snap and the ref blew it dead. And I think they realized that they spotted the ball on the wrong yard line and they moved it back and then just reran the play. That's all that was. It was, I thought, Oh no, some penalty, some something. No, I think they just didn't assess the previous penalty properly and they had to stop and move the, move the chains three yards yeah. the wrong way. And I guess officially Texas Tech was, 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 was flagged seven times. Uh, you had two of them that were, were declined one on offensive holding uh, and then a defensive uh, substitution infraction. But then you also had the, uh, the, the targeting. So you were flagged seven times total through the game. Um, Kansas was flagged just four times. Two yeah, false we've got starts lots. On, two false starts on offense, even though uh, Luke, who said, you know, he was there, uh, two to three holds on that last drive that were plain as day, 50 rows up, but no offensive holding penalties called today. Uh, and then two pass interference calls. Um, yeah, I, I, even the radio guys, as I was listening to the last quarter, they had to mention both of them would kind of, talk over each other well that was a blatant hold or that was yeah i don't know how like, that didn't get called or they you know they they have to watch what they say because they'll get thrown off the radio they're okay. having an opinion but they they handled it fine but even they were calling that out too in the fourth quarter again like you would just expect power five conference officiating crews especially during conference games to be better than they are uh, and it's been like just this running meme for years. The Big Twelve refs have been bad. Like, are, are are we just not are we not paying guys well enough that that will stay in the the Big Twelve? Or are, are we losing good guys to other conferences? Um, I, I don't I don't even know how like you recruit officials. But how's it going to get when there's even more Big Twelve games every Saturday? I don't. That's know. That's where it's happened. We're gonna we're gonna thin the herd we already have. Speaking of Big 12 games, right now, Kansas State is absolutely throttling Baylor in Manhattan, 52 to 19, with seven minutes left in the fourth. That was and this is, the, this is the big one. UCF. Oh, my gosh. Up 38 to three against number 15, Oklahoma State, in Orlando, right at the end of the third quarter. And UCF's coming to town next week. So... This is both good and bad. It's not great for them to maybe find their, their groove offensively and defensively because they've picked off Bowman 
three times today. He's been sacked. Uh, so he's had a rough day. But Plumley's back you know, for the Knights. Plumley's back. He's got, he's eight for 15 and he has three touchdowns. So of his eight completions, three of them went into the end zone, but they have a running back. Eight completions Harvey. for 220 yards. Yeah. But Harvey, their running back, has 17 carries for 188 yards. They haven't even started the fourth quarter, guys. 11 yards per carry. Yeah. And they're coming to town next week. So the, but back to what I was trying to get at, the good news is this might end up being more of a night game because, uh, you know, UCF, I can't, I was trying to see what their record is. They're four and Dang five. It. Okay. They will so be five if, and five. If, if they go on and win today, you've got two five and five teams battling for bowl eligibility, all that good stuff. First time playing each other, you know, I, I think it kind of bodes well for a, a better kickoff time, hopefully in the evening. That's all I'm saying is it sets up for better TV time, but not necessarily a better matchup. It's it's a kind of a scarier matchup now based off what they're doing to Oklahoma State. Do you want to talk about a, uh, there was a comment we had on Twitter uh, from oh, Alan. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to what uh, Chris asked in the YouTube comments. Are we a road team now? No. Because um, <laughs> if you look at your, your pat, like, your, okay, your game's on the road this year. Um, Wyoming before overtime was 20 points. You scored 20 points. Um, you scored 13 in Morgantown. Uh, you scored 39 in Waco, but Baylor's trash. <laughs> you scored 14 against BYU, and now you've scored 16 against Kansas. At least offensively, no, you're not a road team. <laughs> yeah. So of <laughs> your of your what is it? Uh, five, yeah, five road games. You've scored more than 20 once. Twice. But one was a double overtime. So. Speaking of that inconsistency, Luke, coming back to say that the Big 12 has to be a gambler's worst nightmare this year. Yeah. Yeah. Chris says rumor it's, has it we're taking on some of the Pac-12 officials. Uh, which is great because they're, they're, they're terrible. Good. That's good. Love well, it makes sense. I mean, they're probably coming with the four corners. They'll just, that's just how that works, right? We're taking on kind of okay. Here. Yeah. Well, all right. We're losing some of our teams. So we're losing that same percentage of officials to the winning conference. <laughs> to the victor go the spoils. And Big 12 gets Pac 12 officials. Fantastic. All right. You have anything else for today's game, Texas Tech game? I do not. Uh, th- that kind of, you know, we can talk about it a little bit more, but just the lack of a go-to receiver, not named Miles Price, has just really kind of been eating me up these last several weeks. Well, I think it's Aiken, Aiken, but sure, but he, he still he only had three catches today. Inconsistency. He's he's young. Yeah, but that's but you. Should, that's tough. You should be able to rely <laughs> on guys named Jerron Bradley and Xavier White and. Baylor Cup. Um, so, <laughs> Steven yeah, says that's uh, really it. Speak for y'all self on the gambling part. 
must be still enjoying that win streak. Man, he is that guy is always on a heater. Somehow, never fade Steven. That is my best gambling advice. Never fade him. Don't fade Steven Stevens. All right. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. This has been your post-game reaction, not not quite instant, post-game reaction to Texas Tech winning in Lawrence, 16-13. to Texas Tech moves to 5-5 on the season. Now just needs to win one of their last two to make it to a bowl game this year. One more home game remaining. We'll get you the preview episode on Tuesday for UCF. Until then, guns up. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.